Beyond Doubt, Beyond Self, a Dharma talk given by Ajananan Akinchino. To practice Dharma, we must look into the present, because the nature of our thinking is to spin off into matters of past and future. We can spend a lot of time thinking about how to get the best of everything, and this can move into our practice as well. We want to know which meditation subject is best suited to our particular temperament. There are 40 subjects of meditation, and we assume that if we can find the right one, our practice will progress quickly. But when we think in this way, it leads to doubting and indecision, searching for the most suitable method for our character. At times we may use Buddha while walking or sitting meditation, and not achieve much tranquility. So then we wonder, is this right for me? Am I doing it correctly? Maybe I should use a different meditation subject. These are simply thoughts of doubt, which is an obstruction to one-pointedness of mind. The more we find ourselves doubting, back and forth, what should I do? The more we need to contemplate in a way that brings about an experience of emptiness. If you try to use an object like Buddha while you're caught in doubt, it'll just lead on to further doubting whether it's the right practice for you. So you don't need to think about anything at all. Just let it all be seen in the light of emptiness. Usually when a thought arises in the mind, the habit is to proliferate and build it up even further. Seeing everything as sunyata, empty, will stop the mind from proliferating. The perception of emptiness is therefore the most suitable meditation subject for those who tend towards doubt. Whether practicing walking or sitting meditation, we try to contemplate in a way that brings a sense of emptiness to the mind. Investigate the moods and mental impressions that appear, and then let them go. There's nothing to them, only arising, existing, ceasing. Arising, existing, ceasing. So we practice letting go and not attaching. Okay? Just let go. It's not appropriate to hold on to them or carry them about. Just observe their arising, existing, and ceasing. This is a teaching of Ajahn Chah's, which I've always really appreciated. I've read it so many times. I really like it. He said, When doubt arises, simply know it as it arises, exists and then ceases. We think this point over, but once we've applied it, doubt comes back again. Hey, if I don't question the teachings, how can I be sure they're correct? This doubting mind leads us around in circles until we can't handle it anymore. All right then, we think, time to look for another way. We then go back to the texts to find a new approach. When we look to the books, we're looking for a way out of this delusion. But the fact is, the delusion is right here within us. Aha! If we can know delusion as it arises, exists, and ceases, we'll see right through it. Our natural instinct is to see the me and mine in all of this, to see it as a fixed self or soul. But when we see everything in terms of self, this is what we call a putujana, an unenlightened being. And this is how we normally are, caught up in a sense of myself, a sense of me and them. 
or otherwise. After seeing the sense of self as something frantic and confused, sometimes practitioners get the idea that they can simply flat out reject it. They try to reject the sense of self, deciding that they would be better off without it. Now please let me explain what I mean here. Rejecting means not wishing to get involved with matters of self. One relies on a peaceful state of mental absorption, or jhana, to escape from the suffering associated with the experience of self. When the factors of concentration gather together, one enters into the stillness of deep jhana and loses all interest in the world outside. Before reaching enlightenment, the Buddha trained in this meditation until skilled at entering the highest level of jhana. But even after mastering jhana, the Buddha still hadn't found what he was after. The path of practice, which would take him beyond suffering, still hadn't been found. On one extreme, there's attaching to the sense of self as something real and stable. And on the other extreme, there's completely rejecting the sense of self. Neither of these is the correct path, though. There's no attempt to understand how the self arises, and so both approaches are bound up with delusion. But the Buddha found another way, seeing through the sense of self and letting it go, relinquishing attachment. This was different from the two extremes. He investigated until coming to understand that suffering arose from attachment, dependent upon the misunderstanding that there is a real self. This is seeing that the self is not self. At this point, he was able to let go putting down the sense of self and attaining to Nibbāna. All our life we've been building up this idea of a self, of our self, and then one day a wise teacher comes and says, there isn't really any self, and we're able to believe this, but we still can't give it up. It's because the amount of mindfulness and inner tranquility is still not enough to arrive at insight, so we have to keep working at it. Keep walking in sitting meditation. After recharging the mind through concentration, get in there and investigate. Look to see how the body is just something impermanent, unsatisfactory, and not self, and you will see the Dharma. It's not far away at all. It's right here. We have to start investigating. Which bit is me? Put the teeth in one pile. Are these me? Put the hair in another pile. Is this me? Pile up the bones. Are these me? There's no self there. These things never claimed to be ours. If the mind is calm, we can clearly see this. Ah, it isn't really mine. There really isn't any self there, after all. So then, why do we attach to these things? We see them as ours, as something attractive and pleasing. But this isn't sane. Though the body is impermanent, we think of it as permanent. Though it's filled with suffering, we think of it as being filled with happiness. The body isn't ours, but we say that it is. It isn't something beautiful, but we see it that way. This is a form of insanity. If we keep at the practice, it'll dawn on us that the body really isn't something beautiful. It really isn't a being, or a person, or a self. What it really is, is a mass of stress and suffering, a mass of impersonality. 
When we arrive at this insight, our heart will arrive at the Dhamma. In the beginning, though, there is still the sense of self, of me and them. So we bring up mindfulness and investigate. There's no need to doubt the path of practice, although forbidding such doubt from occurring isn't easy to do. This used to happen to me as well. When I was newly ordained, I had a lot of doubts about the way of practice. I wanted to get results quickly. I wanted to find the direct path, the shortcut. I wanted Ajahn Chah to tell me the straightest way to practice. I was really in a hurry to get results. But Ajahn Chah had loving kindness for all of his disciples. If he had known of a shortcut, he would have told us already. For, like the Buddha, Ajahn Chah concealed nothing of the teaching. There was nothing closed off. He taught us all that he knew. He told us the fast-track method does exist. Don't try to do anything. That's right. Just let go, completely. We don't need to do anything special, okay? If we want to get quick results, just let go. Let go of the body. Let go of the mind. Don't attach to these things as me or mine. There's no quicker way than this right here. But can we do it? Well, maybe we're not yet able to let go completely. Maybe we're still attached. In this case, we have to practice first. Begin with giving and moral discipline, along with developing mindfulness and concentration. The wisdom needed to let go is born from these efforts. We work at cultivating the mind, giving up having and being, giving up the sense of self, of me and them. This is the fastest way. If you start to have doubts, just put them down for the time being. Doubts are something normal. They arise, exist, and cease. Just watch them as they come and go. But if our contemplation doesn't bear fruit, it's because our strength of mind, our samadhi, is insufficient. Our mindfulness still isn't in the present all the time. In this case, we have to continue training the mind. Really try to stay in the present. Don't get into wondering about the future. What's going to happen? What am I going to be like? How far am I going to get in the practice? It sometimes happens that people are in a hurry to get quick results in the practice, right? We like things fast, and we want our spiritual development to progress quickly as well. But the way of practicing Dharma, it isn't like doing things out in the world. Progress isn't always linear or predictable. To quickly accomplish our spiritual work externally, We can pay homage to the Buddha in any number of ways. But to bring about spiritual development internally, just let go. The heart is then released.